You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. This is East Carolina Hall of Famer and Utah Jazz first-round draft pick Blue Edwards. You're listening to Pirate Basketball Overtime on The Sports Objective, your home for the best East Carolina hoops coverage. Welcome in to Pirate Basketball Overtime. East Carolina travels down to Boca Raton, um, gives the Florida Atlantic Owls you know, everything they want for about 36 minutes. But unfortunately, uh, they're in the final four minutes of the game. The Pirates outscored 14-1 to by FAU and uh, really just kind of saw things unravel as they went on to a 79-64 defeat at the hands of the 17th-ranked Owls. And uh, right now, joining me to break this one down over the next 20 or 25 minutes is Matt Semenza. Matt, what were your thoughts on tonight's game? Bubba, how's it going, my friend? Uh, my initial thought is, it, it, you know, it's, it's interesting. You look at this basketball team, it reminded me a little bit of the football game when we played Marshall in terms of, you know, back and forth game, very close, and then down the stretch, you're just not able to make plays to win the game. And I think that's really the theme with this team. It's you know, it's pretty obvious at this point that, that we can play defense at a high level and, you know, we, we can make things tough for, for the other teams offensively. But really what it's going to come down to, for, you know, for this for this group is, you know, can they make shots in, in, in big spots? And especially down the stretch when things get tight and you need buckets, you know, who are you going to go to at that point that you can depend on? And, you know, right right now, that that's really, you know, we're not there yet, and that's kind of what this game came down to tonight. Yeah, you, you, you know you can rely on Brandon Johnson. Uh, he delivered another double-double, his sixth double-double of the season. And then, uh, you know, R.J. Felton, you can count on R.J. Um, Quentin DeBouge tonight, uh, hated to see him get injured late you know he was driving to the basket off the left wing and stepped on one of the FAU players foot um, but you know fingers crossed that he'll be okay and maybe be able to uh, to go on Sunday against Tulsa but uh, you know he had a nice game 13 points off the bench and uh, we'll run over the numbers here in just a few minutes um the bench was much more of a factor um, and how could they not have been at, after what uh, transpired last Friday night the bench um, and in fairness, you know, you did have at least two, maybe three guys out injured in that East Tennessee State game where the Pirates lost 86 to 70. But uh, in that game against the Bucks, just two bench points for the Pirates. And I want to say they finished with 22 tonight, maybe more, and um, had 15 in the first half. And um, that really, you know, helped keep the Pirates in the game. You know, you, you led by eight, just over halfway through the first half, 23 to 15. And then you had a very, you know, kind of odd sequence there. And it was really just one possession. Uh, you, 
you saw the Pirates go from up 23 to 15 with, I want to say it was 947 remaining in the first half and over about 20 or 25 seconds, Matt, you had, you had Martin, um, the townie guard from FAU, knocked down a pair of three-pointers. He made one, then you had a foul away from the ball, and then he made another one. So you had a six-point possession, and that lead went from 23 to 15 to, to two at 23-21 in a matter of 20 or 25 seconds. Unbelievable. Definitely unbelievable. That was that was a you know a huge run there by Florida Atlantic, and you know that that those types of runs are going to happen. I mean, they happen to everybody. They happen in, in the NBA where you're going to have a lead. You know the other team's going to make a push. You know they're going to make a run, and you have to kind of hold it off. And you know we, we did see tonight two or three occasions where Florida Atlantic went on a run and you know tied the game or took the lead and we were able to fight back you know we we saw that against florida as well but i think bubba what it comes down to is right now there's you're gonna see four to five times a game with east carolina where we'll have a stretch of three four minutes without a field goal um and that's going to be really tough to win games like that because it's just it's okay if it happens once or twice in a game but it happens so often and when you're playing a good team like that and you don't score for three or four minutes, you know, you know, they're going to be consistently scoring and it's just going to be tough to win against really good teams like that. Yeah. And you, you talk about um, the inability to to not make the necessary plays, um, particularly in the clutch. Uh, you were trailing 65, 63, four and a half minutes to play. Uh, you know, you have a veteran with the basketball out front, you know, probably 30, 35 feet from the basket uh, there. And, you know, the the person that he was passing the ball to, you know, was clearly um, being denied the ball and uh, just an ill-advised pass. And it led to, I believe it was actually um, led to a foul, um, did not um, convert both of those attempts. But that was what you know, kind of triggered that 14-1 run to close the game over the last four and a half minutes. Yeah, no doubt. Some critical turnovers there on the perimeter, just just sloppy passing. And, you know, I, I, I agree with you 100%. And then also I thought to Bunge, you mentioned earlier, Bubba, really unfortunate because that's the best I've seen him play um, at during his time with East Carolina. I mean, he was really aggressive tonight. He was taking it to the rim. Uh, you know, he, he looked really good and really unfortunate that he went down with an injury. Um, and I, and I did feel like that turn helped to turn the game as well. From that point, we were not the same offensively. And, um, you know, I think, you know, with 10 turnovers tonight, but the one you mentioned, I believe, you know, Cam Hayes on the perimeter, um, just got to find a way to clean that up. And, you know, I think, you know, I want, I do want to mention Cam Hayes here because, you know, listen, it, it's, basketball is the type of game where you you really need to get into a rhythm and this is not you know in my opinion this is not who he is very tough to come into the rotation you know halfway through the season um and i believe he's five games in now and but he's still not in rhythm so got to find a way to kind of speed his progression up a little bit because if we're going to contend in this conference, we're going to need him to be the player we thought that he or, – or that we've seen he can be. Yeah, and you mentioned 10 turnovers, not a bad number at all. But those those 10, you know, so many of them, it seems uh, – I like to 
know the exact uh, total on this, but were live ball turnovers that led, excuse me, led to transition buckets for Florida Atlantic. I believe the Owls held a 15 to two fast break points advantage over ECU tonight. And, um, you know, be it um, be it those turnovers, and we, we didn't have a turnover in the first 14-plus minutes of the game. Our first turnover came with 5.55 remaining in the first half. Then you had five in the in that last 5.55, and that kind of carried over a little bit into the second half. I guess where well, you finished with five in the second half, not a terrible number, but the ones that you had were crucial um, at uh, those, those junctures when you had made a run, you had – a one possession game with the ball and then you have a silly turnover. And that's, and that's one of the things that makes it seem like when we had these 10 turnovers, it's, it's not a bad number at all, but it seems like more because some of them are so silly and unforced. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, it's, it's when you're playing a really good team like that, it's going to beat you every time. And, you know, it, it's interesting though, Bob, like when you look at the team stats for this game, there's really nothing that jumps out. Like some games, there are stats that really jump out at you. You know, there's really nothing that jumps out to me as, you know, that's kind of egregious. I mean, turnovers relatively even. Um, they shot 48% from the field. We shot 43, so they definitely shot it well. I think the biggest difference when you look at these stats, um, they made 11 threes, we made six. So five more threes, and that was the difference of the game, you know. So, but. Again, I think it comes down to how you handle the clutch moments. Um, can you get stops? Can you make shots when you need them? Yeah, and the big man, Golden, uh, he came into the game, according to Jimmy Dykes, uh, you know, who, who does an excellent job on the broadcast. I, I was excited when I tuned in tonight and saw that Jimmy Dykes was on the call. Um, the guy with Arkansas roots, uh, you know, here in the last few years, he'd been the head Arkansas women's coach. But um, just a lot of respect for him and the the prep work he does and does an excellent job. You can tell he knows his stuff. But um, you know, he was pointing out the gold in the big man for FAU came into the game shooting right at 75% from the floor. And uh, you saw why tonight. But uh, he, he finished with 11 points and 11 rebounds. And we'll run over the individual numbers here in a moment. But some of those team numbers you were referencing, Matt, uh, you know, East Carolina, 24 out of 55, 43.6. FAU, 29 out of 60, 48.3. Um, the Pirates shot it well from three, six out of 15, 40%. Uh, um, you'd t- you'll take that any time uh, from a percentage standpoint, um, but uh, you would like to see maybe a few more, um, you know, shot. But um, then – Definitely a few more shot. I think that's a, that's a really good point. Yeah. The Owls, 11 out of 26, 42.3. And um, from, the, from the charity stripe, not a good night. 10 out of 16, 62.5%. FAU, 10 out of 14, 71.4. Um, the Owls out-rebounded the Pirates, 35 to 32. Overall, 13 to 12 on the offensive glass. 21 assists for FAU. Six for East Carolina, uh, seven assists, excuse me, seven steals for FAU, six for the Pirates, two block shots for ECU, one for FAU, 
And then we mentioned those turnover numbers for the Pirates, 10. And then Florida Atlantic finished tonight with nine turnovers. Uh, fast break points, Florida Atlantic had 15. ECU only had two. And uh, that's something that we referenced a moment ago. And then uh, points in the paint, uh, that was fairly even, uh, thanks to uh, guys like Brandon Johnson battling and um, and then also the likes of R.J. Felton and Quentin Abunche making excellent moves um, off, off the dribble and getting to the rim and finishing from close range. But FAU held a 32 to 28 edge in points in the paint. Um, the Pirates' largest lead was eight, and then Florida Atlantic, um, after not leading by more than one possession for about 25 to 30 minutes of this game, I guess 25 minutes, um, because uh, we did trail by seven with 12 minutes remaining. You know, chopped that down to two on at least two or three occasions, but unable to to retake the lead. And then things totally got out of hand in the last four minutes. Um, you know, moving on to the individual numbers, um, starting off, you know, with East Carolina, you had Brandon Johnson, his sixth double-double of the season, 15 points and 10 rebounds for Brandon, five out of 10 from the floor. Uh, he, he led the way uh, with uh, those 15 points for three ECU players in double figures. Quentin DeBunge was next. Coming off the bench to score 13 points, four out of six from the floor, one out of three from three. Also pulled down three rebounds. Uh, you had R.J. Felton as the third pirate in double figures with 12 points uh, and five rebounds, five out of eight from the floor. Um, Bobby Pettiford tonight had eight points, but just four out of 14 um, shooting uh, was Bobby. Um, and the majority of those were, you know, going to the basket and it, some of those were you know, good looks. Some were, in my opinion, ill-advised. Um, you had um, – we talked about the Pirates bench performing much better tonight, and part of that was due to availability. Um, first of all, with that performance by Quentin Abunje, you also had Caleb LeCount finish with five points. Uh, had a Those five points came in just probably two or three possessions there uh, very quick, like in the first half, uh, you had Cam Hayes finish with two and Jaden Walker with two um, to total those 22 bench points. Um, leading the way for the Florida Atlantic Owls, you had Davis with 20, and then also Martin had 20. Uh, and then uh, coming off the bench, you had Greenlee with 13, and then Golden, we mentioned the big man, came in shooting about 75% from the floor tonight. He was five out of eight. Uh, so not quite where he normally is, um, but uh, still an excellent night. Um, also pulling down 11 rebounds for a double-double for the Owls big man. And, uh, you know, that that does it um, for the numbers. Um, in the men's game, I did want to very quickly mention that the, the women – Tonight, in their conference opener, took down the UTSA Roadrunners in Menji's Coliseum, improving to eight and four, one and zero oh in the American, eighty-two to fifty-four. Um, you had Karina Gordon, the talented freshman, leading the way, twenty-two points, seven assists, uh, knocking down six three-pointers, uh, much-needed three-point shooting that uh, something this team has sorely lacked. 
and then uh, Danae McNeil, the American Athletic Conference's Defensive Player of the Year last year and also the preseason Defensive Player of the Year going into uh, to this season. Uh, Danae had 20 points, six assists, and six steals um, as the Lady Pirates win the AAC opener. But uh, next up for the, the men, Matt, uh, you have Tulsa coming to town on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, Bubba, I mean, good job with those stats. I, you know, definitely have to get back on the right track here, you know, and, and find a way to get a win versus Tulsa. Um, you know, Mike Mike Schwartz, he, you know, he definitely tried to mix it up a lot tonight offensively. You know, I think what we tried to do in the first half, we had Brandon Johnson on the perimeter. And, you know, he shoots so well from the perimeter. He's really improved his shooting there. In the second half, you saw him more down low in the post. And, you know, I, I, I love the idea of, of getting the ball more to him in the post. But the issue is you lose your best perimeter shooter. Um, and when Ezra is not able to really create, you know, in, in the lower high post, like tonight, he really just didn't get many opportunities. Um to do that, you're really just going to struggle offensively. I think that's I think that's what Mike Schwartz is going to have to figure out, Bubba. How do we generate offense down the stretch when the defense really tightens up? And you know, I, I think ideally, and I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this, Bubba. But I think ideally, you'd really like to pump the ball into Ezra more, um, and, and get him operating inside, and then you can kick it out to your perimeter shooters. But it just wasn't there tonight. No, it was not. And uh, let's see. Taking a look at the um, uh, upcoming schedule for for the uh, men. Um, like I said on on Sunday, you have Tulsa coming to town. Tulsa nine and three. And taking a look at the the Golden Hurricane schedule. Um, Let's see. Uh, win, wins of note. Uh, they defeated Mer Missouri State uh, 73-72. Um, New Mexico State 65-59. You also had um, – they played Oklahoma State. That That is one of their three losses. They fell to the Cowboys 72-57. Um Let's see, uh, other losses um, to Oral Roberts, who's always strong, 79-70. to 70. Um, They defeated the Loyola Ramblers, 88-77. Um, uh, no, no uh, Loyola is not what they've been in years past, but, you know, that's still a proud program there. So not a bad start to the season for the Golden Hurricane. Again, 9-3. And uh, I believe this will this will actually be their conference opener on on Sunday. Uh, they they did not play tonight. Excuse me. They're they're playing um, they're playing Memphis. They're playing Memphis um, on the fourth. So okay. So so they're t they're taking on fifteenth ranked eleven and two Memphis Tigers um, before they come to Greenville on Sunday. So. Um, that game will obviously be on on what Thursday night. So, yeah, got, just got to find a way, Bubba. How, however, you can get it done. You, you really, 
you don't want to start losing too many games here. You know, after the Florida game, you and I both felt like the team was – even though we lost that game, you felt like we were kind of trending in the right direction. And, you know, you liked the fight and you liked what you saw. Um, but the last few games, you know, East Tennessee State, obviously a really rough game. Tonight you liked what you saw for, for 75% of that game, but just just couldn't finish down the stretch. So it's just important that, you know, when you have – conference games at home you really need to find a way to win those games yeah like johnny gardner and i were discussing over the last couple of days uh and since that disappointing 86 70 loss to east tennessee state you, you really felt like we we're going to come out and play well even if we didn't win the game uh, which was the case you know trailing by two with four and a half minutes to play and then uh simply not getting it done in the last four and a half minutes. Um, just silly turnovers and, you know, a little bit of everything in that final four and a half. But uh, but all in all, encouraged. Um, just have to, to find a way to uh, to make those winning plays, um, especially in, in the clutch, and, uh, you know, cut out some of the silly mistakes. But um, – yeah, as you look forward, um, one of the things – And have a healthy team, Bubba, you know, just to jump in on that. Yeah. You know, we, we, we need to find a way. I, I don't know what's happening. I don't know if the flu is running through the team. I, I don't know. But the last, I don't know, four or five games or so, it seems like we're missing two players every game. Um, yeah. So I don't know what exactly is going on with that, if there's, you know, just a sickness going through the team or what. But really important that we find a way to get healthy here because – you know, we're just we're the type of team where we, we cannot afford to lose guys like Walker. Um, you know, he, he makes a big difference, especially with his perimeter defense. Um, so, you know, just just one more thing to add to your point. Got to find a way to get healthy here. Definitely do. Um, you saw what Quentin DeBouge is capable of tonight. And, you know, fingers crossed that that ankle's OK and you know, that he's He's good to go um, come Sunday afternoon against Tulsa. But um, taking a look at the Tulsa Golden Hurricane, and, you know, something that really stands out about them, in addition to that 9-3 and three record, uh, you have them averaging 77 points a game. And uh, they have six guys who are averaging 9.3 points or more, including four in double figures. And they are led by P.J. Haggerty, the talented freshman, 6'3", 200-pound guard out of Crosby, Texas, averaging 17 points a game. Also, a little over four rebounds and three assists per game. Um, doesn't look as though um, he's not shot it particularly well from three, just shooting uh, – uh, let's see, just shooting 23.1%, uh, it appears – from three, and I think he may actually be a sophomore. That that that, um, that number, or I mean, excuse me, that uh, information about being a freshman may have been incorrect on the ESPN app. But um, but whatever the case, um, Haggerty is averaging 17 points despite shooting just 23.1% from three-point range. He shoots 81 percent from the charity stripe however and 45 from the floor so you know without having seen any film on pj haggerty you know that it tells me that you know he he may be 
you know, kind of of the Quentin DeBouge or R.J. Felton uh, mold where they, you know, they can really make things happen, taking the ball to the bucket. So it may be that and or the, the mid-range game for Haggerty. But um, interested to see what he brings to the table. And then you also have Willis and Williams, who are also guards, uh, averaging 12 and a half and then 12 respectively. So um, three guards there averaging anywhere from 12 to 17 and combining to produce, you know, about 43 points for Tulsa. So um, will certainly be a pretty tall task on Sunday afternoon. And then you have uh, Johnny Robertson, for what it's worth, says that Ken Palm uh, projects a 73-70 Pirate win against Tulsa. You know, obviously, That's nice. That's yeah, nice. obviously that that doesn't mean but so much, and really, really, uh, really nothing other than it should be a, a very competitive game, and uh, it's one that you know, coming off a hard-fought road loss that um, the Pirates really need to win. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we should be locked in, and, and and like we talked about, hopefully we can have a a full roster for this one, and and just find a way to get after it, but. Um, you know, it's, it's it's certainly a winnable game, Bob. And, you know, the thing is with this team, I will say this, you know, it, it, it's sometimes frustrating because when you watch this team, there, there are times this season I've said, man, I just – I'm blown away by how talented I think some of our players are. And then there are other times where you're just frustrated because we're just not locked in. Um, but the talent is there to be competitive in this conference and to win a lot of games. So it's just a matter of, uh, you know, got to find a way to get it done. And Justin Butts and chiming in um, via Facebook tonight. I appreciate you, Justin, as always. And Justin says, um, we are a heck of a team. I think I disagree. I'd say, you know, we have the potential to be a very good team right now. I'd say, you know, we're a pretty average or slightly above average team. Um, but, you know, like Bobby Pettiford Jr. said after that 86-70 loss to ETSU on Friday night, you know, potentials, potentials just that. It's potential. You know, we have to find a way to put it all together and, um, you know, make these winning plays um, that we're not currently making, uh, which has led to a, you know, somewhat disappointing, you know, 7-7 seven and seven, uh, overall record at this juncture. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, I, I know what Justin's saying. I, I, I yeah. think that, yeah, I, I, like, at times, like I just mentioned, when I watch this team, it's I'm like, wow. I'm like, man, this team has so much potential. When they're clicking and they're playing well, you can really see it. And, you know, you have Pettiford going to the hole, and you have Brandon Johnson knocking down threes from the perimeter, and you have Ezra, you know, from 15 feet out. He, he loves to turn and face and take it to the hole. So there's a lot of good things about this team, but – but the reality is right now we're a 500 team. Um, so just have to, you know, keep grinding and find a way. I, you know, I, I love our coaching staff. I think they're going to, you know, I think we have the right staff here. And I think they're going to just, you know, keep trying to find ways. But um, I, I do agree with Justin. You know, it's, it's a talented team. Um, certainly no reason why we can't be very competitive and start to win these games. As always, we appreciate you chiming in, be it Facebook, X, or YouTube. Uh, really enjoy reading all the comments and uh, having your thoughts on Pirate Basketball. Um, you know, 
will be here for you know another couple minutes. So if you have any final remarks, um, you know, thoughts on the Pirates, go ahead and send us those. But uh, you know, taking a look at some scores from around the American, and we'll very quickly run through the standings as we, or you know, records rather as we enter league play. And uh, you have SMU uh, leading Charlotte. Uh, it's the nine and four Mustangs forty-eight, the six and six Charlotte Forty Niners forty, and that is with just under ten and a half minutes remaining in that one. And that one is taking place down in Dallas at Moody Coliseum. You have uh, UTSA and UAB, a heck of a game here. This is on ESPNU, uh, so you may want to check this one out if you're still up listening and watching the show live. Uh, you have UAB and UTSA knotted at 61 with 741 remaining, and that game is taking place at the UTSA Convocation Center tonight. Uh, UAB, a six-and-a-half-point favorite in that matchup. The Blazers are eight and five on the season, the Roadrunners six and seven. Uh, just one moment. And, uh, you know, Matt, obviously, in addition to Florida Atlantic, you know, Penny Hardaway, you know, as noted tonight um, by Jimmy Dykes uh, at this, at this juncture entering league play, you know, he said that Penny Hardaway would be his coach of the year in the American with the job he's doing with the Tigers. You know, outside outside of Florida Atlantic and Memphis, you know, uh, what are your thoughts on the American and, you know, some of the things to keep an eye on as we move forward? Yeah, I mean, Penny Hardaway, listen, he, this guy's a recruiting machine. I mean, he just he, – he, he recruits very well. Obviously, always a talented team. So I think that's – you know, when you really look at it, you know, I, I actually think that they – when you look at this league, obviously Florida Atlantic in the top 20, but Memphis is going to be really tough to beat. So I think those are obviously, you know, your two best teams. And, you know, I think after that, you know, you, you really, especially from East Carolina's perspective, you really feel like you have a chance to compete versus just about everybody in this league. And, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see. I, I, it's, it's early Bubba in the conference play. So it's, it's hard to have a great feel on it yet, but, uh, you know, we'll see going down the stretch. And I just mentioned uh, you know, some of those records of the 14 uh, American teams, um, you know, running very quickly through those standings. Uh, Memphis, 11-2. and two. Tigers have won six straight. Florida Atlantic. Uh, now, um, let's see, I guess that makes them 11-3, and 1-0. Oh. Uh, Tulane. Um, Tulane is 9-3. and three. Tulsa nine and three. Explosive team. I, I'm glad you mentioned Tulane. Very explosive team. They can definitely, yep. you know, they can fill it up. Yeah, Ron Hunter's teams definitely want to keep an eye on. Uh, Tulsa has won four straight, uh, going into Thursday night's matchup with the Memphis Tigers. SMU nine and four, uh, currently leading Charlotte as we mentioned. The Mustangs have won three in a row. South Florida seven and four, uh, having won five straight under their first-year head coach after coming over from Kennesaw State. Uh, the Wichita State Shockers, also a first-year head coach, have dropped two straight, and um, and uh, Wichita is 8-5. and five. Uh, UAB, 8-5. and five. North Texas, a very tradition-rich basketball program, 
and um, has performed very well in recent seasons uh, in the NIT a year ago. Uh, the Mean Green, uh, seven and five, having won two straight. East Carolina, seven and seven now, zero and one in the American. Temple, seven and six. Charlotte, six and six, currently trailing SMU as I mentioned. Rice, six and seven, and UTSA, six and seven. But the Roadrunners um, knotted up now. Uh, they are in the last, you know, twenty uh, percent of that game with seven minutes remaining against UAB in San Antonio. So there you have a look around the American. You know, but uh, that will pretty much do it here tonight. Uh, let's take one quick look at the comments and uh, see if anyone else has chimed in. Uh, you know, Justin Butts saying that he can definitely see the Pirates, you know, figuring things out and finishing in the top five. The Pirates were picked fifth preseason by the uh, coaches in the American. Um, so definitely – that's very attainable, but I mean, Pirates will have to you know, play with some more consistency and uh, be able to make uh, more of those uh, winning plays in crunch time um, to find a way to win those close games against quality competition. And then Johnny Robertson, as he always does, coming through with some interesting you know, stats and uh, and just uh, – Bullet points, if you will. Uh, he says Ezra Asar is the only Division One player that has attempted more free throws than field goals. So that's, that's pretty. That's, that's <laughs> pretty pretty mind boggling. Pretty interesting there. Uh, that's a heck of a stat. That's a heck of a stat. And that's why Bubba and Johnny, you know, that's why I want to run more offense through Ezra because you know one thing he does really well. I mean, he does a lot of things really well, but he gets to the free throw line, and he's shooting his percentage is, is, is much better um, over the last month than it has been. So I like the idea of running more offense through him in the high post. I think that's where he's at his best when he turns and faces, he's explosive. He can get to the rim. Um, and then if you can collapse the defense on him, you can kick it out to your perimeter shooters. So really good stat there. And it kind of highlights what we were talking about, Bubba. Just, I was taking a look to see if I could get those, um, get those numbers for Ezra, um, seeing, seeing how many, let's see, eight, 88 field goal attempts and then not 93 free throws. So there you go. That's a pretty crazy number there. 51 out of 88 from the floor and 60 out of 93 from the line. I'm assuming that, um, has been updated since the night, but either way, um, whether that was prior to FAU or after FAU, Johnny Robertson, as usual, right on the money with that uh, very interesting and uh, very unusual statistic there with five more free throw attempts than field goal attempts for a guy like Ezra Saar, who is playing, you know, such significant minutes, uh, 27 minutes per ball game. Yeah, you know, we're going to need him to, to score at a high rate. Um, tonight, seven points, really didn't get as many looks. But he did step out and knock down a three tonight, which you, you don't see that very often. And then he had another – he had a nice fadeaway from about 12 feet later in the game. So very talented player, Bubba. I mean, as you know, very talented player. Um, it just has to keep improving. And, you know, I think the main thing with him too is just cut down on the turnovers. 
and appreciate the update, Johnny. Uh, Johnny's saying now he's a 97, I guess 97 field goals, 96 free throws. But but uh, to your point, Matt, um, you know, when Golden was sagging off of him there in the second half, it was nice to see Ezra not force things and, you know, take that that 15-foot jumper fadeaway as opposed to, to a – you know, turning it over, getting a charge, you know, or, you know, just uh, taking an ill-advised shot there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, his nature is he's so aggressive and he wants to get to the rim. If he can develop that shot, he's going to be – he's going to take his game to the next level. That A consistent 12 to 15-foot shot will, will, will really do, uh, you know, wonders for his game and the team. That will do it. For us here tonight, we appreciate you watching and listening as always. You know, if, if you're tuned in via YouTube, be sure to subscribe. Um, when you subscribe, be sure to click the notification bell and all. So that way, anytime we go live or upload content, you're notified on your device. Uh, also, um, be sure to follow the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates, on all social media. You can follow us. You know, on X at the Sports OBJ on Instagram and TikTok at the Sports Objective. Like and follow us on Facebook. Uh, and if you have a topic you'd like to to see us discuss or a guest you'd like to have us um, get on the show, reach out to us. Uh, email us at thesportsobj at gmail.com. Again, thesportsobj at gmail.com. You know, but you know, for Matt Semenza, you know, I'm Bubba Rosenbaum. You've been watching and listening to Pirate Basketball Overtime here on the Sports Objective. Again, number 17 FAU defeats East Carolina 79-64 tonight down in Boca Raton. And the Pirates will return to action on Sunday when the Tulsa Golden Hurricane comes to Menjis for a Sunday afternoon matinee. For everyone here at the Sports Objective, we appreciate you tuning in, and as always, go Pirates.